everyone, and welcome back to Keeping Them Safe, a conversation that is designed to empower you to create environments that are safe for children and thwart the efforts, intentions, and actions of sexual predators before they're able to accomplish their goal and trap our children in an untenable situation. On this podcast, we're intending to give you the tools you need to create an environment where children are safe and to empower you to become an expert at seeing the potentially risky adult behaviors that are exhibited by those in our environment who may or may not be intending to prey on our children. Many of these particular characteristics and behaviors, whether they are intending to harm children or not, is not the relevant question. The relevant question is, are they taking the actions? Are they behaving in such a way that children are placed at risk and there is a potential risk of harm to children in the environment? If that's the case, the behavior needs to be stopped. One of the behaviors we talk about on keeping them safe are inherently bad. Well, maybe a couple of them are not so good, but most of the behaviors that we're going to be discussing in these conversations are behaviors that we might inadvertently exhibit from time to time in a thoughtless sort of way or an unthinking sort of way. One of those behaviors is one we're going to discuss today, and that is adults that always seem to have their hands on children that are not their own, wrestling and tickling them and finding ways to intimately touch the children, perhaps accidentally, perhaps not. You know, I was doing a presentation for a group of teachers once, and one of them said, the only way I know to protect myself from being accused of molesting children is to never touch a child again. As adults who care about kids, but also listen to the news and read the paper, we can certainly understand the frustration, fear, and concern behind that kind of comment. We might have even thought that way ourselves from time to time. There seems to be a weekly and honestly sometimes daily story in the news about another quote-unquote trusted adult who's charged with child sexual abuse. And when these reports happen, they really shock our system. They undermine our faith in our own instincts, and they leave us afraid of either being falsely accused of abuse or of doing something that could be misconstrued or misunderstood. That's why we're having these conversations, because raising awareness about the warning signs, about the potentially risky adult behaviors that are signs of potential child molester is critical to prevention of abuse in a variety of ways. When we know that there are specific behaviors that indicate someone is a potential risk of harm to children, we encourage adults to pay closer attention to the ways other adults interact with children as well as monitoring their own actions and activities with kids. As I said, one of the warning signs is that potential abusers are involved in too much touching of children. 
What, what does that mean? Well, it means that they initiate and engage in tickling, roughhousing, wrestling with children, even when they don't know the kids very well. Now, let's be clear about this. Tickling and wrestling ch with children are not bad touches. In fact, most touch is not bad. Human beings crave the touch of another human being, and children who are not touched in a healthy and appropriate ways end up with serious health and emotional consequences, even death. Discovered by doctors and nurses many years ago that children, brand new infants, left unattended, unloved, uncared for, unheld, and nurtured, died more often than those that were cared for, nurtured, loved, held. That's why in a lot of hospitals today, they have volunteers who simply come in and rock babies. That human touch is incredibly valuable to each and every one of us. I mean, did you ever just think for a moment, I just need a hug right now? These are the ways we know that human touch is important. However, there are some types of touching that are used by molesters to engage children in intimate touch, even when it seems accidental. And tickling and wrestling with children they don't know very well are just that kind of touch. For child molesters, this is a part of the physical grooming that breaks down a child's defenses. And it usually begins with an innocent pat on the back or the shoulder or the arm. But over time, the touching becomes more intimate and eventually sexual. Now, the problem is for all of us is that even when other adults engage in these activities intending no harm, the child is placed at risk. And why is that? Well, when well-meaning, Caring adults engage in too much touching. Children get conditioned to accept this type of contact from adults they don't know very well. Then when an, a molester tries to progress to more intimate contact, the child has been desensitized to the touching. And that child can then be trapped in a dangerous situation. In addition, Engaging in this type of potentially intimate touch with children in community settings also conditions other adults in the community to accept those interactions as harmless. And truly, most of the time they are. But there really isn't any way to tell beforehand whether an adult's intentions are wholesome and appropriate. It's really only after the fact that we know for sure what he or she was up to, and by then the child is dealing with the consequences. Ultimately, adopting a hands-off rule with regard to touching children is not the right answer, but neither is it appropriate to allow for adults to initiate potentially intimate contact with children for any reason. You know, adults should operate consistent with what I call an open policy regarding touch to children. Touch that is observable, proper, 
effortless and non-sexual is healthy and appropriate and nurtures a positive interaction with children and a positive relationship between adults and children. Stop for a moment and look at what we mean by open a little more fully. Open, O-P-E-N, is an ongoing reminder for us of the appropriate relationship with a child. Observable. That means that we're going to create an environment where our interactions with children can be seen by other people. There may not be people around all the time, but we've created an environment and openness that invites others to observe us. Make sure your interactions with children are observable. If you're going to meet alone with a child that is not your own, let someone know and let them know where you're meeting them. And invite them to drop by if they're available or to tell others who might be around so that there are eyes available to see your actions. The P in open stands for proper. Well, what do we mean by proper? Well, we mean that the interactions between the adults and the children are appropriate to the relationship. That means an interaction between my grandchild and me is different than an interaction between my grandchild and you or my grandchild and her, her teacher. There's an appropriateness to the nature of the relationship and proper stands for that. It is up to us as adults to always maintain that and to observe when that is or is not happening in the relationship between adults and the children in our environment. Perhaps the uh, odd word or the strangest word in this uh, offer is effortless. What do we mean by effortless? Well, <laughs> that word in a relationship with a child is sometimes a challenge for adults. It means that the contact between you and a child that is not your own is initiated by the child. It means it's effortless because the child is reaching out for support. For example, a crying child reaches up to be held or a child's hand reaches for a trusted adult when they feel uncomfortable. Applying that open standard, applying that standard of effortlessness to our interactions with children, places the responsibility for touch on the kids. And we can draw attention to that. We can educate them about that. We can make them aware of that. That the only time an adult grabs them or intervenes in a way to touch them appropriately without much consideration is when there's danger. A child running with a pair of scissors or getting ready to step off a curb in front of a car. In those situations, we don't wait for the child to reach for help. We grab that child and protect them. But again, it's observable and proper. And the N in open stands for non-sexual, which may seem simple, but sometimes it gets confusing. Sometimes people don't know what a non-sexual touch is or what a sexual touch is. 
or it's sexual interaction. So they may make inappropriate comments to a young girl about the way she's dressed. They may wonder about the way they should engage with a child who wants to hug them. You want to be clear in your interactions with kids that it is non-sexual. So side hugs are great. Um, Letting them hug you when you're sitting down is great. Uh, Those are ways that you can bring really nurturing touch to the situation in a non-sexual way. So you can see if you just made yourself a little card or put a sign up on your wall or maybe put on your computer or your phone a, a display that says open, it would be a constant reminder of you to pay attention to your interactions with children and ensure that they are always observable, proper, effortless, and non-sexual. And that, in and of itself, will reinforce our message that too much touching doesn't mean no touching. It means be aware of the situation. Notice the child's needs and pay attention to that and what they're asking for. And keep it appropriate to the relationship. Pay attention to, notice the circumstances surrounding the encounter. Let children experience being loved and respected, but never compromised or confused by the touch of a trusted adult. This particular warning sign is one that all of us must pay attention to in our own interactions with children, and we must notice and call attention to it in the interactions of those around us with children in our environment, children we care about, all those children that are at a potential risk of harm. Remember, it's not always about that adult being a sexual predator. It's also about that adult and that interaction conditioning the child and the environment in such a way that the child is at risk from a potential predator who may be watching who may be noticing, and who may be looking for ways to take advantage. You know, several years ago, I was conducting a training and dealing with these issues, and I was training a group of people who were going to be facilitators of a program to educate adults on the potentially risky adult behaviors of predators in our environment. And I got to this part and one of my uh, trainees raised his hand and said, I disagree with you about this. And this was a highly respected man who I had known for years and never observed him exhibiting any of the behaviors that would have placed him as in the category of someone who's a risk of harm to children. He just wasn't that person. And so I asked him why he disagreed with me and he He said, I think as a society, we do not give our kids enough nurturing. We don't give our kids enough acknowledgement and appreciation for the gift they are. And I've been thinking about that a lot lately. And I've started roughhousing with little kids after church out in the yard. 
And then he stopped cold and he said, without me saying a word to him, okay, I'm not going to do that anymore. And I asked him, why did he come to that conclusion? And he said, well, when I was speaking it out loud, I could actually hear myself saying those words and hear you talking about the risk of harm it is to kids. And what I realized is in that interaction and in the people in the community that respect me, seeing me interact in that way with kids, that I could be breaking down those barriers for a potential predators. So I could see that my actions might be conditioning the children to accept that kind of touch from someone that doesn't deserve to touch them in that way. And at the same time, my actions could be conditioning the community to accept that kind of interactions between adults and children. And I then become a conduit. I become a pipeline for predators. I have no interest in doing that. So I'm a smart man. I will find other ways to let kids know they are appreciated and valued and that we are grateful for the gift they are to all of us. Now, I was really moved by this guy's words and his actions because he actually was looking from his own justification for this, which seemed logical and rational to someone who has no intention to harm children. And he was looking to see how his logic was missing a piece. His logic was missing a piece called, I could be the way a predator gets kids. And I don't want to be that. So in our conversations and keeping them safe, not only are we intending to educate you about the behavioral signs of potentially risky adults in the environment, but we're also intending to educate you about your own behaviors, where you've justified behaving in a way that may do the same thing that this man noticed. Where have you thoughtlessly or without thinking done things, agreed with things, um, thought things, acted on things that afterwards you could look at and see, mm, that wasn't really a good idea. And I know all of us have done that. We've all been in that position in our lives where we've done things because we didn't have any bad intentions. But afterwards we looked back and thought, mm, that probably wasn't the best idea to do that. It probably wasn't the best idea to open that door probably wasn't the best idea to lay that groundwork. In keeping them safe, we're inviting you to look now because too much touching, going overboard, tickling and wrestling and roughhousing with kids is one of the ways that predators break down their defenses and gain access to our kids. Thanks again for being here for joining us in this committed effort to eradicate child sexual abuse from the planet by discovering the potentially risky adult behaviors that indicate there's a possible grooming environment going on here and interrupting those behaviors so that our children cannot ever be molested. My name is Sharon Doty, and I invite you to share this conversation with others. You can find it on Buzzsprout, 
com or you can find it on any of the podcast platforms where you normally get podcasts. Thanks for joining me today. I will see you next week.